we'll spend six months praying, asking God if that's what we should do. When we should just like, who is it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anybody. Make the lunch, give it away, you know, like write the sermon, you know, like just do it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm so excited to bring you this conversation with Jessica Watkins. Jessica and I went to seminary together and she is an incredible spiritual leader, a voice that we all need to hear. And recently she just came out with her own devotional. And so we talk about that and so much more about parenting, about the walk. uh, And I think you're going to love this conversation with Jessica Watkins. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be here today with my friend, seminary fellow, seminary graduate. We graduated seminary <laughs> together, uh, Jessica Watkins. Jessica, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. It's Good. it's an honor and a privilege to have you here today. And uh, I'm so excited for this new project that you've launched out into the ministry world. Oh yeah. You wrote a devotional. <laughs> I did. I did. Tell tell me all about it. Fill me in on all the details. What's this devotional about? What, why is this the right time in your life to write this devotional? You know, um, I don't know if there's ever a right time. Is there a right time? That's a good question. (laughs) You're the expert. I'm just, I'm just here. No, not expert, but you know, um, I had a desire to minister to moms Mm. and to really reach, um, the stay-at-home mom, the working mom, um, because I've been both of those. Mm. So um, I found it hard for uh, me to get time with God in the midst of taking care of kids and taking care of the home and then doing work things. Um, And I really wanted to just speak to moms who were wanting time with God, knowing they needed time with God, but not figuring out how to carve out that time. So the devotional is, it's 21 days. It's a 21 day devotional for overwhelmed mamas is the name of it. I love it. And um, it is, they are like five, maybe 10. I I wouldn't even say 10 minutes, but usually like five minute uh, daily things. When you um, talk about that desire, I think that there are a lot of people listening who wrestle with what does it mean to answer God's call? Mm-hmm. So kind of my two questions along those lines are, um, how did you know that it was a, a God calling to write the devotional versus just your, uh, like a, a bad burrito or something, right? And <laughs> and and then um, how did you get over the fear of, of put, I mean, like it's scary to put stuff out there. It is, it is. So my husband and I were actually just talking about this last night. We spend... As Christians, we spend a lot of time asking, what is God's will for my life? Mm. Like, what am I like called to do? Or how do I know that I'm supposed to do something? And and for me, a really simple way to figure that out is, is this going to edify someone? Is this going to be a blessing to the kingdom? Or is it like totally on the enemy side? Mm. And so, you know, cut all the fluff. Stop asking all the questions. Just do the thing that's in your heart to do that's going to be a blessing to someone. And so this devotional came about as a desire, like I said, to minister to moms, to allow me to share some of my experiences as, like I said, both a stay-at-home mom and a working mom. And I just went with it. I just started writing things down. How, how long did it take you to write it? It took me 
almost two years. Right. It's forever. Seriously. Right. Twenty one days. How long did it take you to put twenty one days? Two years. It took me two years to put that together. Because you're a mom, right? Exactly. And and you and then you go back and forth with the okay, I mean like do I have the time to do this? Should I do this? All those same questions that I'm saying, cut the fluff and just do it. But you go back and forth with those things within yourself. Like, should I do this? I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know if I want to, you know, all of those things. Like, is there a need for it? I mean, there's, how many devotionals have you gone through, Tony? You know, like, I mean, there's countless out there. So you can often, you know, discredit the ideas and stuff that you have like well i don't know if i have enough experience or you know my kids are young they're eight and six they're adorable by the way thank you you're, i mean you're, I, if you, <laughs> I don't know uh, whoever's listening right now you should stop and go follow jessica on instagram because <laughs> it is so much fun what's your instagram social media handle jessica m watkins okay that- Yeah, go follow her. We'll link to it in the show notes because her kids are adorable and she gets real. They are. And, and, you know, I try to be real, for real. Because, you know, I'm not about that social media life. Like, let me give you something that looks pristine and whatever. I'm still, like, trying to figure it out. Like, how do I make my pictures look, like, super polished? But I don't know. I don't have it yet. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't either. I don't either. So it, it's a, I'm generally just a hot mess. <laughs> right. We all are, for real. Um, w- one of the words that you used in, in naming this devotional is overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. H- how would you d- define that for the listener? And, and what's the difference between an overwhelmed mama and just so, a, a regular, like, what's the, what's the addition of mo- being a mom add to that kind of connotation? It's taking care of yourself and taking care of your children. Mm. So, like, moms are superheroes. Like, we are. Amen. We we do everything for everyone. And so the overwhelmed portion comes from that idea that you are, as a stay-at-home mom, I'll talk about that. I was a stay-at-home mom for five and a half years almost six years. Um, and that totally came about, it was, that was not my desire. (laughs) It totally came about purely from God, purely Uh. from God. I was not trying to stay at home. Mm. So, um, I found that in that I was losing a lot of sense of myself. Um, and because when you're fully taking care of your children all day, every day, and then, you know, there's this, as a stay-at-home mom, there's this kind of idea. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, from your husband, there's this sense of, like, okay, you've been here all day, you know? And I know you're taking care of your kids, but you've been here all day, so did you clean up? Did you make dinner? You know, like, there's this sense of, like, you should be doing more. <laughs> Truly, like uh, I, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'm laughing because it's only slightly awkward, right? Like, I, as a guy, right? Like, I, oh, I, I don't know. My now, my wife and I have never been called to stay at home with our kids. Yeah, and that's not a ministry we're called to. Yeah, we, we will gladly work so someone else can right. watch our kids. But, 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 I, I, I mean, I hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mom shaming. Oh yeah, and yeah. and that's a real thing. How, how would you? How would you describe, where does that come from, I guess? Maybe that's the right question. Where does mom shaming or these 
uh, housewife, house mom, stay-at-home mom's expectations. Where is that born from? Where where is it born from? I I think that social media has a play in that for sure. I think that uh, just our ideals, you know, what we think about. So depending on, you know, your own circumstances. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for the very beginning part of my life. And then she, she was still like a stay at home mom, but she volunteered at the school that we went to. So, and she did that for like six years. And then she got hired on simply from just volunteering at this school. Mm. So, you know, I think that if you've been, you know, raised a certain way, my husband's mom was, you know, a stay at home mom as well for a, you know, early greater portion of their beginning, you know, lives. He comes from a big family, but, um, so I think that sometimes those thoughts can, you know, just be passed down through the line in us. And then, you know, what we see, I just saw something recently that was talking about moms and how like um, you're often pressured to hurry up and quickly lose your baby weight and, you know, snap back is what they call it. Like, <laughs> And so there's a lot of expectations that are floating around out here that we can sometimes play into and feel like, okay, I've got to be everything to everybody not only my children, but to my spouse and to, you know, my entire family. And then somehow I got to find some time in there for myself to take care of myself. Well, and, and faith, I mean, that, that's got to wreck your faith a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So how, how have you seen your faith change being uh, in, in the different seasons of being a stay-at-home mom and being a working, working mom? And mm-hmm. how, how has that shifted? And then and then you're in full-time ministry, right? And so, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that that has got to add a whole nother layer of, <laughs> nine, I mean, I know what it's done to my faith, but. <laughs> oh, <another> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. We won't unpack that today. No, that's we'll a different podcast. That <laughs> that's a different podcast. That's a different devotional. It is. It is. So the, the faith piece is, so when I was a stay-at-home mom within maybe two two years or so, three years being in that. That's when I had the thought and, you know, God started to bring it back to me about going to seminary, which was a um, welcomed insert. And then um, what's the word? It was a something that was for me. Mm. Like I always knew that I had a call to dig deeper into the word of God to pursue the ministry that God had inside of me. But I just didn't know, I didn't know how to like find that, you know, in taking care of my children and being at home. And so I don't know, I think it was maybe the beginning of 2014, 2015, maybe 2015, I started to do some research and look into some schools and things like that and ended up finding United and that process just went on forward. And I mean, you, you cruised through there if you started in 2015. Well, I didn't start in 2015. I think I started in 20, when did we graduate? 18. 2018. So, oh no, I did start in 2015. I'm just saying that I you finished it. Did. It took me yeah. four years. It was a, I was on a four <laughs> well, year program. I didn't program. do MDiv. Oh, that's do still though, right? Yeah. Like that's a, you were working, raising kids and going to school. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. It takes a long time. Do, do you think, um, in, in that season of overwhelmedness, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word or not, but overwhelmedness, um, how, how does God speak in that time period? Multiple ways. So through my kids, like I think I learned a lot about being at home with my children. I learned about 
a lot about God's patience with me. Mm. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. (laughs) God's love for me, you know, I mean, I could just, in my children, I can see so much of the love of God and how God is not pressuring me to be more than what I am, how God is just gently loving me right where I am and desiring for me to be closer to him. Like, understanding the love of the father and seeing it through your kids is so amazing. Like I don't, I think there's a, just, there's just a different kind of something that comes from children that you're able to get. Um, that's a direct depiction of God's love for you too. Um, so I think that God certainly speaks through children, um, and through my children specifically and just through, um, just through the life, life situations, um, being at home and then going, transitioning to work. So when I transitioned to full-time work, my daughter was not in school yet. Mm. So my son had started kindergarten, but my daughter was still at home, you know? So she, (laughs) she got the steam pleasure of going to work with me every day, (laughs) 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 which was fun in itself. But it was, it was a blessing though, because. And now where was this work at? At Grace United Methodist Okay, so it was at a church, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. uh, now, do you have the same fear that I do that raising your kids in the church will cause them to hate Jesus? Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't, I, you know, I'm not saying that it's a justifiable fear. Everyone here yeah. at, at Restoration have been wonderful to me and my kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I always just wonder, like, if I shove them in my office one more time and turn on right. Netflix, like, what's that going to do to them? That was Justice's life. Like, yeah. Every day, for real. I, I I think I worry mostly now about the hectic schedule that we keep in terms of church and that, like, making them not like church. It's a very hectic schedule. I mean, we do three services on Sunday. Yeah. Why? So it's, no, I'm just and, kidding. And they're <laughs> right. there. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> they are at every single one. Now, does your husband like, cause every single one, too? Yes, he does. My husband serves full-time now on the worship team. Oh, praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's great. Like, we get to work together as a family in ministry, but then sometimes it is exhausting. Yeah, so my wife is like, uh, hey, good luck with that early service. <laughs> I'll catch you at the late one. Look. And... Um, <laughs> You know, and I'm bribing I'm my kids. It. I'm bribing my kids. Hey, if you come to church early, uh, we'll go buy bills and pick up some donuts. Right, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do that to my kids. Like, on the way to church, we can get you a sandwich from McDonald's you like. Yeah, Starbucks. On, let's go. Who wants some Starbucks? Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's so true. That's so true. So, yeah, I, I think that there are probably a lot of people listening who worry about the faith of their kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, how how do you navigate family devotional time? Do do you have a rhythm for that? What does that look like for you, for your family? What's mm-hmm. what's a good example of when things are going? I mean, not to say that it's, every season is probably a little different. Yeah. But yeah. what's a what's a good season for your family looks like in terms of family devotionals? So right now we do our devotionals at night before their bedtime. Sure. That just works out best for us. I know I, Dr. Kisker would always talk about them doing it like early in yeah, the Yeah, we did a podcast with Dr. Kisker yeah. and he's like singing hymns around the table and I'm like, 
I kind of want that and I kind of don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like the morning time, like I am not a morning person. Mm. Of course you have to be with kids, but right. you know, well you have to get up with kids. You don't have to be a morning person, but the evening time works best for us. And my husband really leads a lot of that with the kids. Um, but I am such a stickler about like teaching our kids how to pray and how to seek God on their own, like how to read the scriptures, you know? And so we spend a lot of time, maybe not necessarily going through certain stories or for a while we did, for about a year, we did a um, actual like 365 kid devotional, something my mom gave me. And it was good. It was like a daily story, a scripture, some questions, you know, whatever. It was great. They enjoyed that. Now we focus a lot more on like teaching them how to pray and teaching them how to know in certain circumstances what to say. So like my kids will, you know, come to me and say, hey, I had a bad dream last night. Well, what do you say when you have a bad dream? What happens when you you wake up and you feel like you're scared? What do you need to say? And my kids will say, Satan, the Lord God rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yeah. It's like, those are the things that I want them to know. Those are the biggest things like, You can, you know, we can go through the stories and you can know Adam and Eve and, you know, or whatever, the names of the 12 disciples. But do you know how to access God? And so we've also spent a lot of time working with them on knowing when God is speaking to them, Mm. which is different. So Dr. Park at United, I got that from him, like talking to our kids about um, listening to the Holy Spirit. So we'll spend some time being quiet. And asking God to speak to us. And then I'll say, hey, did you hear God say anything to you during this moment? And, you know, they're eight and six. So, you know, it depends on what what's said that day. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's something super random, you know. And then other times they're just gentle, sweet things. Like, yeah. God said that he loves me and he really cares about me. You know, and it's like, yes. Do you, you know? ever get God said we should have ice cream? <laughs> Because I feel like that's what would happen at my house. All right, all right. My daughter would be like, Daddy, God said we need that. He definitely said that right now. Actually, I heard it. I heard it. I'm confirming it. I'm here for the ice cream. Um, My kids try to be a a little more serious sometimes in those moments. Not all the time. Well, I I mean, one of the things that we say in our children's ministry is that words over time give Mm -hmm. a child a sense of direction. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I think that what you guys are doing there is kind of laying the groundwork for a direction that will, I, I mean, ideally what you're setting them up for is that moment in college when they have no idea yes. what to do yes. and yes. you're not there and it's like, am I going to drink that, smoke that or touch exactly. that, you know, exactly. versus, you know, what would. I mean, so like I was telling a friend of mine this week, you know, our children are our disciples. Yeah. Like. We can look to do ministry things outside of our family, and all of those are great. The, our children right now are the greatest disciples that we will ever have. And so we have a responsibility to pour everything into them and to to give them tools to be successful Christians. Like, if I believe that I'm raising the revivalist or the renewalist of the next generation— I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you believe that, yeah, don't you? I do. Uh, come I really on. Do. I, I think that's so. I really I think, do. You know, people talk to me all the time about um, the shortfall in vocational ministry and how hard, you know, like, oh, we're just not getting people who want us to come into the church. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's because that's we're, we're teaching them how to come into church and not how to follow Jesus. Right, right. 
I, I mean, if we get Big serious difference. about teaching our kids and our friends and our whoever to follow Jesus, it, ch- it changes everything. Yeah, yeah. And kids are looking to hear something about who they are in God. Like, they need that. Like, they need an identity. And identity is found in Christ. I love that. And I think it's so important. Um, so one of the questions I want to ask you, it's, it's a little off the topic of devotional, but like, uh, I, I often wonder what it must be like to raise a Christian family that's also African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do I need to know as a pastor, a white pastor who sees a, a strong Christian African? What are you teaching your kids that, I, that maybe I need to teach my kids about as well when it comes to diversity in the kingdom of God? Mm. Um, like one of the biggest things I think that, so like our family is kind of in a, a struggle right now, to be honest. Yeah. Like, my children, the the church that we're at is ninety nine percent white. Sure. And they are the only African American kids at this church. The school that they attend, <clears throat> they are the only African American children in their classroom. Hmm. And so we are really having a hard time right now. Like just trying to help our children understand that it's okay to be them, that it's okay to love themselves and to not feel like they have to look like other kids or feel like they have to do certain things in order to fit in. Um, And so I I really just want people to understand that, you know, we're all different and that our differences need to be celebrated. Like, so we we had like a really, I, I had a rough situation that happened yesterday and it was in regards to music and someone's distaste for rap music. And it caused me to step on a soapbox Uh-oh. and, you know, really express that. And it was Christian rap. It was Christian rap music. But to express that my children like Christian rap music. Like, I was never, a, and I'm an African-American woman. I was never really a rap person, like, growing up, you know. But my kids are super into that. Like, they love Lecrae. They sure. love Toby Mac. Like, they love all that stuff. Listen, we get like, down on Andy Minio and LaCroix right. I mean, and they, all those yes, guys in they my love house Andy all Minio. the time. Like, I mean, they're always asking Google, hey, Google, can you play? You know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, so like they are super into that. And so I stepped on the soapbox because I'm like, don't knock something that could be a draw for young people that don't look like you to be a part of this ministry or to be a part of this group or, you know, whatever. And so I think that we have to learn how to celebrate each other's differences and, you know, welcome them to bring that to the table. I, I can't, um, I, one of the things that we just wrestle with all the time is, and, and we live in a predominantly, I mean, the Census Bureau here says here in Centerville that it's 97% white mm-hmm. and 3% other. Wow. You know, so it's, it's just, it, it's just, uh, it's a middle, upper class, white suburban environment. Mm-hmm. And when I look out at the church on Sunday morning, it does not represent the kingdom of God. And, and I think it, I think that breaks God's heart. And I know that it weighs heavy on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, as someone who's leading in that situation, what, what can the church do to be better? Yeah. You know, I always tell people, like, you can do different things even if your context isn't different. Mm. Like, so like, so we listen to a lot of like contemporary Christian, you know, most of the radio stations that we have play a lot of contemporary Christian, which is mostly white. Sure. Not any other kind of. Yeah. It's not gospel. Right. 
So how about we ask some friends of ours about some other musical expressions? Oh, I love that. So that we can learn some other music and then do that in our services, even if we don't have anyone from that background. So the church that I'm at now, they have probably heard more songs <laughs> than they would have ever heard, and they love it. Okay. When we do gospel songs or we do something, you know, because I, I, I have so many traditions in me. I was raised Baptist. I went to a Pentecostal church for 14 years, and now I'm in a United Methodist church. And you went to a Methodist seminary. Yeah, I went to a Methodist seminary. So I have so many different things in me, so many different, you know, musical expressions in particular. And so when we do some of those music, I mean, those are the Sundays when everybody comes up to me. I love that song. What was the name of that last song? You know, like, it's like they want to hear it. So Crazy. I think that there's a, there's a heartbeat amongst people that wants to experience different things. We just have to do it. We just have to be willing to just take the leap and do it. I, well, I mean, that fits really well with what you were talking about with the devotional, right? Mm-hmm. Is sometimes you just got to cut out the fluff yeah. and get yeah. a little uncomfortable yeah. and put it out there. Yeah. Um, how, how has putting the devotional out there, like now you're, uh, it released a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been out and, and from all accounts, it looks like it's doing fairly well. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what your expectations were, but h- how has putting it out there and now that it's, it's a living, breathing thing on its own, how has that changed you? You know, it gives me more boldness to do the next thing. Like, and I think that's all that God is asking for sometimes. Like, do this, just do that thing, do that thing that's in your heart to do. And I will open up the windows, you know, like, and allow you to continue to move forward. So my faith is just increased for every other thing that God is going to call me to do. And the, and the other things that are in there, you know, like yeah. the other things that I was a little leery about. Now I'm like, Oh, so- say something about that you know I can go ahead and do that <laughs> I got a word for that right now exactly. I'm like, coming in hot right and I've, I've already, I put myself out there in my devotional I'm very raw very real like I'm giving real life examples these are not made up situations these are things that I have lived through and am living through like I mean a lot of them are very personal like I, I tried to in a couple of them that were kind of deep I tried to protect whether or not it was my daughter or my son, you know, that was involved in that situation, yeah. but uh, they're really real. And, you know, so, so doing that, doing those things, I think just encourages that muscle in us to get out the things that God has. Yeah. Boldness leads to more boldness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever think that we could be too bold? Um, maybe. I mean, I think sometimes we need some parameters but i think that if we're seeking to be obedient to god he'll pull us in he'll, he'll reel you back in <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe that's the next logical question what what does obedience to god look like from your experience for my it is being diligent with the ideas and the things that god has put inside of me to do like like i said in the beginning i think we spend a lot of time praying about whether or not it's God's will for stuff when we really should just be doing it. Like, I mean, me and my husband were talking about this last night. If we feel like we need to lose weight, we just do it. We just say, you know, I'm going to change my eating habits. I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm going to. Because you guys are both pretty into fitness. We are. Yeah. I I mean, I follow you on Instagram. I followed you for a long time. You guys, you guys are in there like swole patrol all the time. And we've been in a family challenge for the last three months. 
that ends tomorrow. A Praise family God challenge to lose weight with just your immediate family. Uh, so with my with my husband's family, his sisters and their husbands. That and sounds super scary. All of us, yeah. So it's it's been about eight eight or nine of us. Are you gonna win? I really hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. I have been working so hard, but so like so with that, I didn't sit and pray. Okay, God, do you want me to? you know, lose weight? Do you want me to get in this challenge? Do you want me to, I didn't do that. I just knew that it was better for my health to change my eating habits and get back into working out and stuff. I just did it. And the things that have an idea for a devotional, or I want to go and speak to young women in schools, or I want to start, you know, giving away lunches to the homeless downtown. We'll spend six months praying, asking God if that's what we should do. When we should just, like, who is it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anybody. Make the lunch, give it away, you know? Like, write the sermon, you know? Like, just do it. I I become more and more convinced that committees or movements of God go to die. (laughs) I just, like, I'm just not sure that that's how Jesus would throw down if he was here today. I mean... Do you understand how many voices are involved in that, though? Oh, like, I do. as soon as you insert other voices into what you believe God has told you to do, and I'm not, this is not saying that you don't need accountability and that you don't, you know, do like the Bible says, have that confirmation, you know? But when you start inserting so many voices into what you believe God is calling you to do, I mean, yes, the idea is dead. And then all of a sudden, instead of making lunches, we're worrying about nut allergies, about exactly. people preparing it. And, like, all that's important. Like, it's important. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But that's, I mean, like, gosh, just go. Exactly. You, you you start to miss the point when Jesus just said, like you said, go. Make disciples. Love that. Um, okay. So a year from now, we get back together and we're talking about your devotional. What would we be celebrating? We'd be celebrating that devotional being on version, and we'd be celebrating my family and I being in deeper ministry. And if somebody wants to go pick up the devotional, where do they go to get it? So I'm also a makeup artist, and I have a website, simplymakeupbyjessica.com. The devotional is right on there. I Great. took off everything else and put it directly on that website. So it's a digital download. It's $5 because the idea is not to make a ton of money from this. It's to be a blessing to moms who just need to know that they're not alone. You're not the only one who's dealt with a colicky baby or is struggling to figure out how to help your children navigate, you know, adolescent changes and issues. You're not alone. Yeah, and it, I do feel that more and more people feel isolated, and the, the connectedness of the world has, has just pushed us to isolation in a way that... Right, in the midst of trying to connect us more, yeah, right? Yeah, I, it's just <laughs> such an interesting phenomenon that's happening in the in life and in the church. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being obedient to God's call and all of this, and I, I, I'm praying for your devotional and for your your family that you guys continue to just serve in that way. I, I think that's some great Thank wisdom. You. I think that's some great wisdom. So the last question I always love to ask all my guests. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, if you could go back to newly married Jessica, mm-hmm. brand married, no kids yet. And you're just kind of wow. like, yeah, <laughs> you got money coming out of your ears. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Got, right? Like 
free time. And uh, if you could go back to that moment in your life and you could give yourself one piece of advice, mm-hmm. what would it be? Stop waiting. Now, you didn't even think about it. I mean, I already know. You already know. Stop waiting. Hmm. On God, on you, on like just, you mean just like be a person of action? Flush that out for me a little bit. Be a person of action. Just go for it. Just do it. Stop asking questions. Stop spending a ton of time, you know, only praying about it and then not taking that next step. Like you've got everything inside of you to do it, to get it done. God is with you. If he doesn't want you to do it, he'll stop you. But just stop waiting. Go. Go ye therefore, right? (laughs) Amen. I love it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Jessica, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for sharing your story. And I can't wait to see what God does. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Well, that does it for another podcast episode, guys. Thank you so much for spending the time today. I love what Jessica had to say about her faith and her family and about just stepping out and doing it. So often we get paralyzed by the what if game that we never get anything done. So uh, yeah, in the show notes, we're going to link to Jessica's devotional. We're going to link to her page and Instagram. And I can't wait to be on this journey with you guys. A couple episodes coming up that you need to make sure that you're subscribed in order to get... I'm going to be speaking with Jason Moore and Rosario Picardo about their new book, Franchise the Local Dive. Got some other authors coming on. Art Rainier is going to talk about money and our faith, and I'm excited for that conversation. Uh, So many things happen on the Reclamation Podcast, and it wouldn't happen without you. So thank you for sharing this episode. Thank you for sharing what God's doing on the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. TWMilt, M-I-L-T dot com, where all of our contact information is. Look forward to hearing from you guys real soon.